And hello again, everyone. My name is Mike Cisneros, and you are listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. It is around 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time worldwide on Periscope TV. We'd like to welcome everybody out there that's joining us on Periscope, and uh, we have a great show for you tonight. Uh, first of all, I'd like to introduce my partners, the Gnarly Gnome from the thegnarlygnome.com, the man from everywhere and nowhere, the man who is synonymous with anonymous. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Good to be back. Cheers. From the Overlook Lodge in beautiful Pleasant Ridge, Ohio, uh, a young lady who uh, makes cocktails with the best of them, the queen of Cincinnati Craft Beer Commentary, Tina Cisneros. Tina, ahoy, ahoy. Ahoy, ahoy. On social media tonight is, as always, from Oakley Pub and Grill and serving uh, the, what the number nine hamburger in the city of uh, in the in the city of cincinnati something like that uh angie cisneros is uh doing social media for us tonight angie welcome to the show hey dear we have a a very auspicious evening uh to be joined by our special guest tonight um today which is february 1st is the what is it the 30 40 anniversary 1979 <laughs> i'm not doing that math house House Bill 1337 was signed by President Jimmy Carter the day that Jimmy Carter freed the brewers. Uh, it made homebrewing uh, legal for personal consumption. And uh, joining us on such an auspicious occasion is the longest standing craft brewer in Cincinnati, Ohio. One Mike Dewey from Mount Carmel Brewing Company just up the road. You've come high atop beautiful Mount Carmel to join us here in the Cincy Brewcast studio, and thank you for being here. Welcome. Glad to be here. Hey, you invited me to drink beer and talk about <laughs> beer. That's, that's a pretty good deal. Well, you know, that's we sort of have a built-in thing. You know, that's that's what we do. We drink beer, we talk about beer, and, uh, and so we're lucky we get a lot of great guests, and you are one of them. You're a charter guest of Cincy Brewcast. You actually gave me my first interview when we started this thing. We played you on our third show because we did one show where we tested and then we kind of did a breaking news with the uh, Braxton people and then had your extended interview on uh, the third program. I think we uh, tested for like four weeks before we really started. <laughs> it was all a test. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure I was the test. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were, you were the test for me and then the first show we were like, well, should, you know, if, if it sounds we okay, shouldn't put we'll, Mike we'll Dewey put on, on such a piece of crap was I think what we well, said in the first show. I went back the other night and was listening to episode three, and it, it, it blew my mind at how much the show has kind of changed and improved. And, um, as, as has the craft beer scene here in 11 years. Yeah. 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 Boy, it's, it's, just been, it's just been amazing, and you've seen it all uh, from your perch over here on Mount Harmel Tabasco Road. Um, tell us what you, tell us what you think about up? it. Just, yeah, tell us what you think about it. Tell us what you – I mean, last week, strangely enough, we had – who are likely to be the newest craft brewers in Cincinnati here in the next couple of months or so, the guys from Nine Giant, Mike and uh, Brandon, and here you are, sort of the the the, 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 the grand. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think that, we did but, we did uh, we did kind of launch yeah. it, but in, in a way. But at the same time, you know, we have you know FDR to thank as well for you know getting Absolutely. rid of prohibition. Absolutely. But at the same time, uh, you know. When we embarked on this journey, uh, it, it was a challenge. It, it, the industry was not uh, growing like it is today. In fact, just the last 48 months have been light years ahead of the 12 months before it. And, uh, you know, we looked at it as uh, uh, a town that needed a revival, but 
you know, we cautiously approached it, and, and, and that was why we started so small, and that uh, was kind of our agenda from the get-go. What's been real difficult is now everything's taking off, and things are explosive, uh, reminding ourselves every day, Kathleen and I, you know, what, what, why did we start this brewery? It, it wasn't to be a big brewery. Um, and that's what's really unique about today's market. There's, there's small breweries, there's big breweries. Um, you know, there's a lot of cash going into breweries. There's a lot of organically grown breweries like our own. And, you know, you can kind of fit the mold you want to fit right now. Um, now how it all shakes out years down the road, I'm not so sure. It's, it's, it's explosive to say the least. Um, and what I've noticed most is the evolution and, and that's, that's changed year after year and it's changed a whole lot. So the focus 11 years ago, isn't the focus today. It's not where the growth is today. There's still growth, but you have to evolve and change with the market in order to grow your business. Well, it's, it's kind of uncharted territory right now. You know, it's, you know, nobody really knows what it's going to look like next year, the year after, you know, there's never been a craft beer world like this before, you know, it's, it's a, it's a new thing for everybody. And I think it's really cool to be part of it and, and to have breweries like you guys who were right there kind of from the get go. I mean, I don't know the actual numbers were for breweries in the United States when you guys opened versus today, but um, I imagine it was it was it's, it's a probably a staggering number. A fraction. <laughs> I think it was probably um, pretty good under a thousand when you guys opened, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think we're what four thousand something or other now. Yeah, so. over four thousand. Yeah, according it's, to the Brewers Association. So, um, what's the biggest change you've seen? I mean, what what what's important? You talked about what was important when you guys started, mm-hmm. which it, it, correct me if I'm wrong local distribution you were in some of the bars around here of course everybody knows the famous growlers you know that you hand delivered to the various outlets gas stations and supermarkets and so forth and so on and that was probably the most important thing as you said in your interview with us because you had to pay for basically pay for that pay for the habit or pay for the hobby or, or whatever it was what's what do you think what do you see as being the most important thing now well where where growth is um where the market is strong for our our brand when we started and we we applied for our license in 2004 we finally started selling beer in 2005 and at that time all the craft beer brands that you could find in the market had built their companies on flagship styles that they had produced and they grew those styles the market was very regular in other words the you didn't have as many choices of course and those big companies those big beer companies those regional breweries that started in the 80s you know the bells the the brooklyn's the uh the the great lakes great lakes sure they they built those brands on on uh, you know sierra nevada even you know their pale ale i mean where did you not see a pale ale um and and now they're they're actually reinventing themselves as well. Uh, we did the same, and in in 2005 we were able to uh, put together a core set of of styles for our brand and build those brands year after year after year. Um, you know those days are essentially over. Um, luckily enough, we had enough of a head start to where 
we can rely on those core sales because they do so well. Um, but honestly, what the market's looking for, and by market, I, I mean... Uh, the drinker? Well, no, or the retailers. The retailers. Yeah, I think they have a, a strong emphasis or control or input on, uh, you know, what's going to be available to the consumer. And, of course, variety and choices right now are, are, are the hot thing. So uh, we've had to reinvent ourselves over time to adapt. And, you know, we, we categorize ourselves as a small brewery because by definition we are, but, um, you know, we want to stay a microbrewery. And, you know, it's funny because uh, talking with some uh, other brewers uh, in recent months, you know, who are, who are growing exponentially and, you know, getting a lot of outside cash and, and taking a completely different roadmap to um, their vision of, of their company, um, you know, I, I've told them I've spent 11 years trying to stay small. <laughs> and, it, and it's not been difficult right. or it's been difficult, right. but it's, it's been difficult not to accept the outside cash, not to accept the, the, the bait, you know, to, to, to I, take off with the industry. And, and it's my philosophy that we're going to protect and shoot for longevity with the, the same roadmap we started with. Well, that, that's what I've always thought was interesting. You know, kind of you look at, at Mount Carmel and, and no matter how much you guys have grown or expanded or changed or, you know, there's still this 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 aspect of being small that, that is always there somehow. And I, I don't know how you, you you guys have managed to capture that so well in, in what you do, but um, I, I think it works wonderfully. And I, you know, that's kind of what I always tell people when you're, you're trying to tell people why you need to go to this place or why you need to go to this place and there's there's a different feeling at mount carmel that is you know i guess i don't know how i don't know how you guys do it how i think it, brands need identities well it's got to be really I mean, what, I, what i wanted to ask is how it's got to be really hard to re, resist that has it been hard to resist i mean when people come in and tell you hey look we got we think you guys are terrific and we really love this lineup and man, we really think we could push you guys out into Ohio, you know, the rest of Ohio and Indiana and Kentucky and Michigan, Illinois. Right. It's got to be kind of tough to say no to people coming at you with money. Well, economies to scale are are essential part of any small business, and um, we haven't seen anything uh, to persuade us to worry about you know where the market's going at this point but with 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 a with a market of saturated brands and i don't mean locally i mean globally you know just nationally there's there's a lot of brands out there and distribution is everywhere um we seem to be bonded together locally as of yet where no one's playing a price war we're all supporting each other quite nicely um and i think that will help grow our business um it's so far we've been able to be more efficient year after year to offset the increasing costs of doing business when glass goes up four percent my job is to find four percent or eight percent worth of savings in production that year to uh, keep our price line where it needs to be. While still tr- keeping your product. 
top yeah. top of the top of the mark. Right, and that's I mean, that's I think the competition has helped that end of things because there are a lot of people making some pretty damn good beer, and 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 that elevates the playing field, and right. I think that's good. Excellent. Listen. It's taken us a real long time. I can't believe we sat here over twelve minutes without drinking beer. But we're going to take a short we, break. We messed up. And then when we get when we get back, but we wanted to, we, you know, again, Mike, very special guest, uh, and we wanted to uh, get a few of his opinions before we got into the beer fridge. But we're going to do that right after this on Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, Mike Cisneros here with a word about Brewhouse Dog Bones. By now, craft beer fans all over Cincy know the distinctive brown paper sack with a big red bone. You've seen it in great breweries like Mount Carmel, Listerman's, Rheingeist, Eight Ball, Braxton, and more. At just five bucks a bag, you know you can't find a more healthful or delicious treat for your best friend made from spent brewery grains, organic eggs, peanut butter, and brown rice flour. But did you know that Brewhouse Dog Bones is an educational program for developmentally disabled teens and young adults? It's available through the New Richmond, Cincinnati Public, Fort Thomas Public, Sycamore, Oak Hills, and many more school districts across Southwest Ohio and Northern Kentucky. For more information on where to find Brewhouse Dog Bones, or how to get your developmentally disabled loved one or your school district involved in the Brewhouse Dog Bones program, contact Lisa Graham at area code 513-520-0310 or visit www.brewhousedogbones.com. Give your dog the craft experience with Brewhouse Dog Bones. This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamal Nagy. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman-Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Admissible Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Mar, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> Hey, we'd like to thank Shane Brammer for contributing $25 to our GoFundMe campaign. He's a great friend of our program and to the craft beer and home brewing community here in Cincinnati. He's also been a host of our show as well as a guest. You too can be a big part of the voice of Cincy Craft by making your own contribution to our GoFundMe campaign by visiting www.gofundme.com slash Cincy Brewcast and making a contribution. You'll help us continue to bring quality craft beer news and commentary to Cincinnati and beyond and contribute Contributors at a $100 or above level will be able to join the Cincy Brewcast team in hosting a future episode. Contributions can also be made anonymously. Just click the hide name box on the first page of the donation screen. That's www.gofundme.com slash Cincy Brewcast. Donate today and thanks for your support of Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. From the Beer Fridge. <laughs> There we go. Let's have a beer. (laughs) (laughs) Dying over here, man. Um, uh, We have uh, a couple of things that, uh, but but uh, uh, Mike was kind enough to bring us some stuff from uh, Mount Carmel. What do we have here? We have a couple beers. Do we have? Do we? Do we? (laughs) we (laughs) Hey, man! I'm a poet. My you're a poet. You don't know know it. it. Didn't even know it. Uh, We have with us tonight. a couple of uh, samples of our Jacked Frost, which is our house stout. Oh, very nice. Uh, aged for six months in a uh, Jack Daniels bourbon barrel. And uh, we have our 
newest creation, which gets released um, at our, uh, I guess you call it a release party at the Cincinnati Nature Center for their Maple on Tap event. It's a beer um, brewed with their maple syrup. Right. And uh, this year we did something different. We've, for the past two years, brewed a maple doppelbach. Um, this year we went for something new, so we had have something new to talk about at the event. Um, and this beer uh, comes in at about 9.5%. Um, wow. It uses a... a most of the malts I'm Fire that bad familiar there, with Ange. brewing, but um, we actually added uh, some brown malts, which we don't have in any of our flagship beers, and that added uh, a unique twist to the brown ale. You know, we brew a lot of brown ales. Right, right, yeah. Um, One of my favorite brown ales. Coffee brown yeah. and the regular brown. <laughs> we joke the, about yeah. how many brown ales we brew right, all the right. time, but, you know, we, we, we seem to do a good job with it, and uh, there's a lot of variations we can we can venture into. While she's pouring, tell us a little bit about the e- event that's coming up, and it's this weekend, which yeah, is great. That's another great reason we had you on. So. Yeah, it's coming up. It's uh, Unfortunately, it's sold out. No, uh, they, they, Of course, they added tickets this year, and uh, that doesn't seem to quite, you know, <laughs> supply what, right, what right. the demand is. But, right. um, you know, it's. Uh, I hope it's half as warm as it was last year. We were in T-shirts, and it was beautiful. But uh, the event is educational um it's well supported sells out every year um it's an event that demonstrates and educates people on the production of maple syrup and how it's processed um they have uh learning stations uh that you can uh grab a beer and get one there yep got one right here they have learning stations to um entice people to uh get out into the woods and learn them a little more about uh, how these products are are harvested and how they're refined and 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 with the beer how they can be used. And just as a general shout out, if you haven't been to Cincinnati Nature Center, it's a fantastic place. I mean, just it's without it without a beer party and all that other it, stuff. It's, it's like really no a wonderful. Other. It's a really a wonderful asset, especially to our east side of town. It's fantastic. Very close. Yeah. You also know what one else of my is fantastic? <laughs> this beer is fantastic. Thank you. It. The, the the maple really stands out in the front. The Doppelbach I really love, but I mean it was it was a beer with maple, whereas this, you know, kind of the way I love the coffee brown, this the maple really stands kinda of in the front and kinda of becomes this this great focal point for the beer. Yeah, the lager yeast, you know, they, they treat the maple a little differently. Um we uh we have um you know, higher gravity beer here, so it was tough to not disguise the maple too much right. but i don't think there's any uh yeah there's no question question that that it's that it's there yep. and it's it's pretty it's up front too it's not uh you know you you know that there's maple in it That's and you you may dangerous. not get this for another five minutes but when you're done drinking it it comes back like in other words you know dry beers they they kind of leave a little bit of chalkiness to yeah. the palate um you know this beer kind of finishes clean and then after a minute you almost get a Mm -hmm. syrup sweetness on the back of your tongue which is really neat (coughs) but it's not a sweet beer it it, no it's it actually attenuated very low (laughs) we were we were happy with this one right yeah i agree 
it's it's not sickening sweet like some of the sweeter mm. beers that you get. It's just got that maple presence, yep. and it, it hits the sweetness on the right part of the tongue. So uh, we're we're very oh, excited man. to switch it up, and and we'll do uh, some uh, presentations for the groups. There'll be probably twenty five groups. Uh, we'll be giving presentations. We'll have uh, different beers at the event, um, different house beers, of course, this beer. And then once the event's over, that is the official launch. They get the, the first tapping. Then we do, um, of course, the after-hours party at the tap room. And at that point, the rest of this single-batch beer gets uh, distributed throughout Cincinnati. So um, that's something so, to look for. So look for look for it at outlets where you normally find some Mount Carmel beer and hurry up and drink it because it'll be gone quick. Yeah, it's, it's going to be gone quick. Yeah, it, it, gets it will be gone quick because it's damn good. <laughs> I want to cook with this. <laughs> be great. Great beer in to some, cook with. Uh, in some baked beans, maybe. Ooh, man. <laughs> I love baked beans. French toast. Mm, baked, yeah. French toast, not beans, you weirdo. <laughs> My day would not last Pancakes. long if I started with those. Yeah. Ice cream? Ice cream? Yeah. Ooh, sure. Well, well yeah. we don't know. It, 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 it doesn't come off as a real big high gravity beer either. It's you know, this is this one will sneak up on you. Mm-hmm. It will. There's there's just a, a slight hint of heat, but nothing uh, nothing like the next beer. Now speaking of heat, we've got which we're really pleased because we saw I saw a picture of it today. I think it was Roger that posted it on Facebook out of the uh, out of the uh, bomber. Uh, it, this is the second in, right, in what's going to be what has already been a wildly successful bomber program. Yeah, so this You is... guys went ahead and did something crazy again with the stout. Yeah. The ice cream stout, and we've all had it. And we have not had enough good things to say yeah, about the ice cream and, stout. And the ice Can cream stout was cream? insane. Okay, thank you. Can you tell we're promoting our stout recently? <laughs> well, <laughs> and we'll get to that in a minute too because there's definitely news when it comes to that. But this is the jacked uh, Frost. The jacked Frost uh, stout aged in Jack Daniels in a Jack Daniels barrel. Yep, yep. Uh, actually, we we really got, got lucky. John Nayway. <laughs> Up at uh, Thirsty Dog, had a burnt series barrel um, uh, that he had received that he had not had plans for, and we talked him out of it. So uh, last year uh, when they came down for, uh, I think it was Winter Beer Fest, we talked uh, him into sending it down the back of the pickup truck with the guys, and they swung by the brewery and dropped it off, and uh, we really wanted to put uh, our stout in that barrel, but we it was something that we wanted to sit on for quite some time and that we did. Um, we're glad we did. Um, that is six, one right there. Six months. Yeah. In, in the wood. Uh, what mm-hmm. do you, what do you think of it? Um, it, it, it's pure he hates velvet. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's, Terrible. It's, it's disgusting. It's, we haven't it, drank it yet. Um, that's not my opinion. You know, I don't like when a beer gets, overwhelmed with vanilla oak flavors um or tastes like whiskey yeah this this stout held up to it really well i mean it's a light dry stout and and we just tried to do something different with it if you took a big heavy stout and put it in a bourbon barrel it would be even bigger right so so we thought let's put a light dry stout in a barrel and see what happens and um you know, you still get a lot of dark fruit out of it, 
but it's just all got an exclamation mark on it. But see, I when I sip this beer, I get uh, plums before I get apricot. You know, I, I get different fruits out of it along the way. This beer is probably a pretty good temperature right now too. Now remember these these are much. unders, but the, the oak fairly decent unders. And the vanilla. Oh yeah. And yeah, and it does have that Man. kind of that Jack Danielsy kind of character too, where yeah. it's not in your face, you know, Just oaky a, or. You know. It's a light dry stout with with elegant touches the, the of oak. elegant. Yeah. Yes, that's a good word to describe it. I really like that. Yeah. It doesn't kick you in the teeth with any one flavor. It kind of travels. Yeah, it does. It does. And this gets. Released, I think we saw them at the 11th. Is that right? In a very limited quantity in the tap room. Yeah, it's right? only a, a barrel. Right. Um, we, uh, you know, for years we've wanted to expand our portfolio, um, but when you're running into shortages on flagship brands, it's hard to branch off. Uh, we started with the Maple Doppelbach a couple of years ago when we collaborated with the Cincinnati Nature Center. And we thought, sure, we got this, you know. And then we tied up that tank for five weeks and, you know, had our butts handed to us. So um, we've got better at that every year. Um, but it wasn't until just two months ago when we completed the last expansion of the production capacity to where we can really start to evolve into some new products now. And I guess one of the first beneficiaries of the expansion was the Ardennes yes. Belgian Quad, mm-hmm. and you guys brewed a lot of that. It, it, did, it, is that in package right now? or No, Because I, I remember when we interviewed you, you mentioned that that would be going out in package, so I don't know if what the plans are now. Or. It, it is all going out in draft, and we are going to barrel age some. We decided Ooh. to do that, um, and... For now, we're just we're just going to leave it at that. And then um, we're drinking the 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 stout, uh, the Jack Frost stout aged in the bourbon barrels. But then the stout itself, which I've always said is probably it is the best regularly, you know, best core stout I think of any brewery in Cincinnati. Dry, you know, Irish style stout. Thanks, Mike. You want a silver medal? from tastings Mm -hmm. and tell us about that and how that came about and what what sort of the process was involved with that well those guys i think their core business started probably in the 70s and you know the 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 beer market i mean right now craft beer has more skews than anything else in the category i mean that that it's 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 a very crowded shelf um you know, when, when wines became extremely popular and there were many varieties to choose from, uh, suppliers had a hard time directing people to their products. And so these guys send out emails. They do tastings every month in different categories, and they happen to do stouts. And, you know, our stout's probably not one I'd send to, you know, the GABF uh, because it's not a big stout. It's not, you know... Uh, something i i would consider uh you know uh off the beaten path 
Um, it's just a solid core beer of ours. So we thought let's let's have let's have someone analyze it third party and see what they think about it because we think the world of it, but that doesn't mean much. But you know, um, we're just trying to direct some attention to it to see uh, if we we believe if we get our products in the hands of someone and they 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 try it they're they're gonna like it absolutely you can't force a bad beer into someone's hand time after time the trick is just getting someone to try your products and then they take it from there they're they're, the beer connoisseur is educated these days um like we mentioned earlier the the there's an elevation of quality and uh there's uh discerning customers that you know will be very picky well, it, 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 it got recognized by a, a world-class organization, and it's certainly a world-class product. And again, I like your description of it. It's, it's, it's nothing flashy. It's nothing fancy. It's just a good, solid beer. And there's almost in this new sort of craft beer age where it's got to be flashy and it's got to be sexy and it's got to be, you know, happening now, this is something that, it's just it's just there it's just delicious it just delivers every time that you drink it and it and you deser- can drink it, a growler and, of and it. you can drink a bunch of it <laughs> I mean, you know you can drink it you know you can drink it all day which is which which is also rare for a lot of stuff that comes out these days so um listen uh we are going to take a quick break we're going to use a uh, sledgehammer or perhaps a uh uh, perhaps helper. a plumber's Chainsaw helper or, or something and, and uh, we're going to get into this uh, uh quaff brothers uh space taxi barrel number 21 uh with mike dewey from mount harmel brewing company in cincinnati you're listening to uh cincy brewcast the voice of cincy craft hi fans i want to tell you about the new apparel supplier to cincy brewcast pastura screen print Mario Pastura has built his family business with the craft beer movement in mind. They've done custom items for Old Firehouse, Listerman, and many more. Screen printing to embroidery, Pastura Screen Print has the answers for your custom apparel and marketing needs. Contact Mario or any of the pros at Pastura Screen Print at 513-550-2271 by email at pastura.screenprint at gmail.com and coming soon at www.pasturascreenprint.com. The craft of custom apparel is Pastura Screen Print. If you can't tell us, we certainly understand, but how many other, and if you can mention to us, uh, even if you don't want to get into specifics, facilities did you guys look at before? And and, and you, then it sounds to me like you're saying this was kind of love at first sight for the Rock 10 building. It, it was definitely a love at first sight, but there were a few other spots um, in the area that we were looking at. Uh, we, we really liked this area. We really wanted to stay here. Um, so we were trying really hard to find something and uh, to try and work things out with um, you know the city and the state to try and keep us here too. Um, you know, we are a very young company, and we've been doing very well, but it takes a little bit of help, especially to redevelop a site like that. Hey, this is Mike Albarov from Nine Giant Brewing in Pleasant Ridge. You are listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. We would... Oh. Another show. Hello? 
<laughs> Be sure to join us for our next live edition of Cincy Brewcast, emanating from beautiful Bellevue, Kentucky, at Eight Ball Brewing inside the Party Source on Riviera Drive. We'll be in the tap room at Eight Ball on February fifteenth, twenty sixteen, beginning at eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time for our live program and our live Periscope TV feed. We're joined by head brewer Mitch Darty, Party Source Beer Department Manager Danny Gold, and the Dean of Cincy Craft Tap Rooms, Eight Balls Bar Manager, none other than the inimitable, inimitable. <laughs> James Peanut Kales. We'll taste and comment on many of 8-Ball's beers, find out what makes 8-Ball and the beer program at the Party Source tick, and we'll get their take on the craft beer explosion in the Cincy area and their part in it. Again, that's Monday night, January 15, 2016, 8 p.m. at 8-Ball Brewing inside the Party Source in Bellevue, Kentucky, for another live edition of Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Joined again by Mike Dewey of Mount Carmel Brewing, who brought us uh, two very wonderful beers, the First one debuting this weekend at the Cincinnati Nature Center. It is the uh, it is the Maple Brown, right? Am I am I, am I, I got the right name? It's the uh, Sap Attack. Maple Brown. Yes. And then debuting on February 11th uh, in the tap uh, in the tap room, right? Uh, in in the Bombers uh, will be the Jacked Frost. Twelve ounces. Twelve ounces. Yeah. Twelve ounces. Yep. Six packs or one at one in singles. Singles. Yep. Of of the twelve ounces, what's the price point on that? Uh, can't answer that. Because our beer loving, beer chasing fans, you know, around town will want to get a hold of at least one of those. For yeah, sure. it'll be priced like um, any other single twelve ounce serving. And on the eleventh of February at the tap room, the Jack Frost um, Mount Carmel Stout. Uh, aged in Jack Daniels wood for six months. So uh, we did get the church key finally and get the sledgehammer. Did Mike have another sample though? What was that? It's the yeah, same thing. It's, it's a, this is, yes. Thank you, Nancy, for pointing out I'm having another sample. <laughs> for the record, I shared. Boy, it's like the sample police over there. <laughs> <laughs> she's keeping track over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, writes, she writes them all down. She's got a clipboard. She's off camera. We need some she fresh glasses behind us there. And this is the this is the Quaff Brothers, who as we just mentioned Danny Gold from uh, from uh, Party Sources, the mastermind behind behind the uh, Quaff Brothers. This one sold out in it's about a, six minutes. It's a pretty cute picture too. There's all the little guys. Mike, Mike, beside your own stuff, what are you drinking lately? Are you whatever's in front of me? <laughs> are we, you seeking out a particular style? I or actually, I, I had an old Cloth Brothers with Danny not too long ago. Uh, one of the originals. Um, he broke out uh, uh, a triple triple rot. Um, uh, How many more do we need? I recently well, I broke into my cache of uh, 2012 yeah. barley wine Cincinnati Beer Week beers. How's that doing? It's it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I drank all mine and I'm I'm kicking myself now. We opened a bottle last month and I was just shocked at the hop presence in that beer still. But it's it, it's it's nice. I mean, it won't be nice forever, but I think it's nice and and, and it's in its prime right now. Um, speaking of uh, Cincinnati Beer Week, uh, there was, uh, I don't know how controversial or whatever it was, decision to kind of move it to the summer because especially last year it was held at this time of the year and the, the weather was ridiculous. Um, and and now this year the weather's great, so they could have <laughs> yeah. had it this we'll time of year. I wanted but it what, in the summer from day one. Yeah, okay. 
and then they're kind of changing the way the beer's being done. Do you know anything about that? Or I know we're supposed to try to uh, be, have a brewcast yeah, uh, at I, the event. So. I know we were picked in the lottery of five breweries to be one of the host breweries for a uh, collaboration beer. So we will be brewing that this year. Um, we'll have limited distribution as per the requirements of the beer week committee um i think this year will be the best year i think this year will be the most organized year and the most successful year we've ever had so the 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 other teams um blank slate braxton eight ball and then uh, listerman and listerman's going to do the, the packaged version um and then it's it's draft style so that the teams are going to then pick the rest of their team from the other breweries and mm-hmm. you're going to draft ingredients and styles. And There'll be uh, one package going out in market and the rest of us will have a limited supply of draft um, eligible for the market and the rest will be available in the tap rooms. And um, so you, I don't know it, what we're going to make <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a situation like this. Do you hope to pick first? Do you hope to pick last? You know, you know, as far as the other brewers are concerned, yeah, you know, I don't even it, play fantasy I mean, football, so I, <laughs> I think I've got the best advantage because with. not knowing maybe the you best can't, advantage. You can't reveal your draft list beforehand. So <laughs> right, we, right. We basically uh, we're thrilled to be a host brewery, um, and, uh, and that would be the second time that you guys were the, have, are the host brewery for the Cincinnati Beer Week uh, yeah. collaboration. We did uh, the first year in 2012. Um, it's 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 a trip down memory lane because all the breweries are listed on the label and there aren't, a, there aren't many you need a book now <laughs> yeah yeah i don't think that's going to happen you need a this separate, year like card to hand we might have a website book. referral or something but <laughs> a it, qr code you can scan yeah but uh you know it it's 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 over the years it's been great you know everybody's learned something from each year um but yeah i have always wanted it in the warmer months this the climate we have, I know uh, at one time we were trying to uh, focus our efforts on maybe when there's not a lot of craft beer events going on, and that's kind of in the middle of the winter, um, but there's so many more opportunities for events and so much more um, space to operate in when it's not zero degrees. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, there's always the big opportunity, and I don't know what the plans are necessarily. Maybe we'll find that out over the next uh, couple of months or so. There's, But there's always the big opportunity f- to have something down at the Washington Park, and there's all the parks all over Cincinnati that, that, that there can be events at and stuff like well, that. Well, for purely and, selfish reasons, yeah. my patio holds as many or more people than my tap room. Right, so. right. Right, absolutely. Um, let's talk about this Quaff Brothers. Who uh, has we have we? I think it's pretty. I think it's, it's pretty damn good. It's it's got a little bit of funk to it, and um, a whole bunch of wood going on. And um, do we know what kind of barrels these are? Does it say on there? This is bourbon. Is it a single barrel or a blend? I don't know. I definitely get some kind of whiskey. Belgian flavor. Belgian style dark ale. Let's see here. Uh, with uh, God, like a wine note. Here, I can I can read it. Yeah. With Sangiovese grape juice. There you go. That's the wine note. Aged aged in bourbon barrels. And you there know, you go. Speaking of Sangiovese, I've got the uh, Listerman wine downstairs. 
which I haven't tried yet. Oh yeah, I mean really grapey. Yeah, I mean, really yeah, grapey. That's I got it right away. It's it's not hidden <coughs> anywhere. It's nice. This it's is really different. I this mean, would be really an interesting one to to stash away in age too. Unique, yeah, absolutely. Wow, that has a lot going on in it. Yeah, yeah. They he he's they've knocked it out of the park again. He brewed this in collaboration with Blank Slate. Uh, so yeah, and if if you haven't seen the, the the cartoon on the front of the on the label, it's it's pretty cool. So um, wow, I'm a big wine drinker too. So that, that, that <laughs> yeah, that's right up. My I mean, alley. it's it's really got that that sweet dessert wine mm-hmm. finish, doesn't it? That I I love in a port or you know a muscat or something like that. Still so. medium toast. It's 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 got it's got some backbone toast character to it. The, the missus likes it, so that's big. Bad for you, so good sad. for her. <laughs> I, can't, I can't taste anything. Yeah, I like the 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 woodiness to it too. It's real earthy and kind of dark, for lack of a better word, you know. And 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 I'm just on the on the second or third draw. I'm just getting just a little hint of that um, <coughs> bourbon heat, a yeah. little bit of bourbon heat, just a tiny, just enough to let you know that it's being aged, been, been aged in bourbon barrels. It's a wonderful beer when you haven't eaten dinner yet. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you, you you alluded you alluded to the uh, to, to the tap room and the patio and and, and so forth like that. I've plugged and, all and, I can. And, and I and I've and, and well, you know, we talked about it on the show before, but um, uh, it, it, a lot of I think I think a good portion of the credit goes to Roger Hill and I think to Chris Siegman your 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 brewer uh for some of the for some of this stuff that that's kind of going on because because he sort of started because Roger especially started the Firkin program and started doing a whole bunch of kind of wild and and kind of wild and crazy stuff and the next thing you know you're brewing ice cream stout and uh, 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 blueberry uh, hibiscus blonde and yeah. and and tell us sort of this it, what kind of the process was uh, well, in, in that situation you know it goes back to our original conversation about you know us being small and you know none of these products will probably hit the market um, they're going to be unique to our tap room uh, Roger's done a magnificent job uh bringing people to our tap room which you know over the last three years we've learned a lot it's it's a community thing it it has nothing to do with uh commodity uh when you see our patio full and i mean this past saturday we had a nice one nice day it was like a magnet people boom they're out and and uh and the uh the the crowds we see they're they're great people and and we really uh enjoy offering them something new and 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 roger has been on the forefront of of making all that happen and and believe me it it's it's good and bad (laughs) he doesn't stop right right (laughs) but that's a good thing because uh uh, you need someone like that who who shakes it up a little bit and 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 tries new things and uh, a little bit of a risk taker. You know, I think and anyone who's into uh, making craft beers, um, they they like the inventiveness of it. They they like being creative. Um, that's really what what a lot of this industry started on on 
on the premise of it's 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 don't have a limitation um and try something new and and being small we can only do that on a tap room level um we hope to start offering some very limited uh beers that are successful in the tap room series to the general public but like i said we've only had our increased production for a couple months and and we're still gearing up excellent so we can look forward to some new new stuff yeah here and there down the road you know and and i think that's i think that's uh fantastic um you know if anything what you just brought us tonight with the uh uh, maple brown and the uh, jack frost or any indication there's lots of good things uh yet to come from mount harmel brewing company as we as we all as we would would expect and know anyway so we have a reputation for, for 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 being a certain way we're we're kind of breaking out of our shell and and trying new things and that's what chris and roger and and luke and everybody's bringing to the table you know we're we're a group of people who are 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 trying to grow build and be a part uh of what has become a phenomenon here in cincinnati it's it's just amazing um but the identity is important and and i think as long as we all create and and hold true to our craft it's going to keep growing in a positive way very good well we'll uh we'll try to make sure and see what's coming out from you guys here uh coming up in the next uh few weeks and months and uh we're gonna have more with mike dewey right after this on cincy brewcast the voice of cincy craft hey it's mike and i just wanted to remind everybody that you can follow cincy brewcast on all your favorite social media platforms like twitter facebook instagram and vine at cincy brewcast Plus, don't forget to download your choice of podcast app and follow us on your favorite podcast services like SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spreaker at Cincy Brewcast. Plus, we are live and interactive worldwide on Periscope TV for Apple and Android. Follow us at Cincy Brewcast and be sure to check our social media platforms for live show dates and times. Plus, be on the lookout for show video and the new Cincy Brewcast YouTube channel. You can also leave us a Google Voice message at area code 513-601-8785. If we like it, we just might use it on the program. And last but certainly not least, you can send an email to cincybrewcast at gmail.com or utilize the Contact Us page at www.cincybrewcast.com. Get interactive with Cincy Brewcast. I'm Eric Bauman from Christian Moreland Brewing Company in Cincinnati, Ohio, and you are listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. And join us next week when we'll be joined by Matt King, the director of the 2016 Cincinnati Winter Beer Festival to be held February 12th and 13th at the Duke Energy Convention Center. Center. God, I wish I could read. We'll talk to Matt about the beer list, what it takes to organize such a major beer event, and of course, how you can get involved. That's next Monday, February 8th. 2016 live on periscope tv at 8 p.m eastern standard time the next edition of cincy brewcast the voice of cincy craft back here with mike dewey from mount carmel brewing company here in beautiful mount carmel ohio the home of cincy brewcast as well and the 
founder, if you will. I found this guy standing at the bar uh, with a growler in his yeah, hand. That's Who true. Hey. This, this definitely did start at Mount Carmel. Absolutely. Uh, and and uh, one of your former brewers, uh, Chris Camboris, we were kind of all were, were kind of brainstorming and said, well, how about a podcast? How about we do something, uh, you know, something kind of crazy and kind of off the wall? So, I mean again sort of sort of mount carmel is sort of acting as an incubator for even stuff like this which we really appreciate and 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 uh again if if you guys hadn't been up the street we might not be doing this now some people might think that's probably that's a good thing but i don't know it's <laughs> it's actually very possible too that mount carmel might have been my first real craft beer certainly my, my first local craft beer you know digging it out of the you know the growlers from from the grocery store and you know our first it, five years in business you couldn't buy a craft beer on tap in the market yeah. you, you know you go out to dinner the most exciting thing you could do is a black and tan you know just to mix it up a little bit uh-huh, but, right uh, well, when i was in college um max pizza pub up there in clifton sure knows that there was a tap handle it was almost always nut brown and yeah. that's that's what we drank that was that was my college I mean, beer <laughs> i mean there was uh, uh bw3 was the first place i'd ever drank uh hefeweizen or anything like that, and then um, Uno's Pizzeria, which was which was over here, which unfortunately is not here anymore. But they kind of lost their way. But they had an extensive beer list with a lot of imported beers, and it was the first place I ever saw like Anchor Steam, and uh, you know maybe I don't know maybe a couple other beers from different towns and stuff like that. They had old styles. Um, over three years ago, you know, you had Arthur's going all local. You know, what a milestone that was mm-hmm. in Cincinnati history. Um, what do you what do you think it is about us particularly? And I know it's a phenomenon all across the country, but I think it's a little – do you think it's a little different here? I think it's a little different. I think it's a little more, I don't know, maybe neighborhood-oriented uh, neighborhood or certain places – have cultivated certain crowds i don't know i mean i may be off base about that but um i think it's a we we've redesignated cincinnati in in the past 10 years like we were kind of uptight conservative uh we 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 were fortune 400 type city and the work 3cdc has done downtown the reinventing of the roots of the city and the urban lifestyles is f- amazing. I mean, I mean, they didn't stop. They, they kept true to what their vision was and they've made some s- serious accomplishments in reinventing Cincinnati. Um, I don't think it was attractive to a lot of people who weren't born and raised here. And now all of a sudden it's, getting national acclaim for being a cool city and and i think that's because of the people that live here i think i I, I think you hit on something with the neighborhoods though too you know cincinnati is such a a unique city in that it's all these separate neighborhoods that all come together and we all still say we're from cincinnati you know i I live in fairfield and if if i'm out of town and somebody where you from i'm from cincinnati this is is my city you know cincinnati has sort of that like small town feel while making up you know, right. however many miles of territory of land. So I think that sort of translates into our beer community and our restaurant community and our all of our other various sort of local, um, local businesses and whatnot. 
where everybody can really take pride in Cincinnati because everybody is very close, like the different neighborhoods. And, um, you know, it feels like you can't really go anywhere in Cincinnati, um, you know, in sort of a large kind of like group or whatever and not see somebody that you know right. from somewhere. Um, and so I think that that's part of what makes it unique is just that it feels very, it's a very tight knit city while still being sort of like having a kind of bigger city feel, I think. We've got a little bit of everything and, and that attracts people as well. But, you know, as a city we're uh, we've got some, some, some great professional teams. We've got a lot, you know, we're a river city. We've got a lot of history here, a lot of beer history for the first five years in business. Um, we benefited from that. I don't necessarily think that the prior Cincinnati beer culture had much or anything to do with the craft beer movement, nothing. But when we started a business in 05 that involved beer, that gave us quite a bit of attention because it was beer related. So we got a lot of great media from it, and that helped build our business and push it along. What I what I like about the Cincinnati tap rooms and the Cincinnati breweries is they all seem to have a different identity, and yours really is the the farmhouse, you know the you know the come porch sit with us, sort of the outdoor experience, and you just added uh, quite a bit of land mm-hmm. over here on on Mount Carmel Tabasco. Do you have anything in? even if it's just a wild vision or a, or a pipe dream or, you know, <laughs> do you have anything that, that you guys have considered planning or, or, or even kicking around as far as how you're going to expand that kind of outdoor experience, which I think is a real hallmark and a real asset of Mount Carmel Brewing Company. Yeah. I, the reason we've been so slow to release any information about what we're doing there while we're buying up so much property, um, is because, like I said originally, it's it's Kathleen and I. It's it's our vision. It's our dream. Um, it's uh, it's not so much a business. It's a lifestyle for us. Um, we see, you know, for us we, too. <laughs> it took Roger to make us celebrate our our first decade in business. You know, I'm not worried about the last decade. I'm worried about the next decade. Right. Right. That's my focus is is on something much uh is it, i mean is it as, is it as simple as that i mean or is it as simple as just looking forward rather than looking back or i mean why why did he have to give you guys such a shove in the direction of having a 10th anniversary party which to all accounts was incredibly successful yeah i mean biggest day on record you know yeah. it, it, we're workaholics you yeah. know that's that's all we do day and night um, we, uh, uh, we look at ways to, uh, grow the business. How, how do we, how do we do that in a manner in which, um, everybody gains from it? Um, how do we not lose our brand awareness and who we are in that process? Um, we have a lot of things in the near future, um, uh, that we have, uh, ready to unleash, uh, on the public as far as our development goes but one of the most important things about this and the feedback we've gotten for years is we nobody wants us to change they just want more of what we do so we have to make sure that we 
do that correctly. That's that's yeah. a tough line to toe to to grow and to change and to become part of this new craft community while still being what you are. You know, it's it. it I, I love watching you guys do that. It's it's it, it's completely fascinating to me to see that because you, you can't. Be nobody too else polished. has to worry about that either. You know, everybody else is still. They're all babies compared to you guys. You know they can they can change on a, you know completely stop and, and change into something completely different. It still works for them because they haven't established that identity and people don't love them for that. You know it, I I don't know it's 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 neat to watch. It's neat to see. We've we've thought about it um, in great length and I think the end result uh, is going to be unique to Mount Carmel. It's going to be unique to our brand. And it's going to be something that can't be duplicated with all the money in the world. It's just going to be us. And uh, it's going to be a place, an environment, and a, and a brand, and a, and, a, and a company that operates in Cincinnati and, and is an asset. It's another tool uh, to bring people to town to recognize all the great things going on here. With more parking. More parking, <laughs> 108 parking spots on the way. All right, and, and that's that's a good, big, solid development, and that's breaking news here on Cincy Brewcast. Uh, lots of lots of great new parking for uh, with Mount asphalt. Gnarly Gnome, uh, earlier this week on the blog at uh, www.gnarlynome.com, did an extensive uh, study and article on the new branding for Mount Carmel Brewing Company. Tell us a little bit about that. Don't forget to go to www.thegnarlynome.com to check Which, out the article. And This last summer, right around their 10th anniversary, I did write a, an article that kind of gives my ideas of some of the things that they're um, they could do with some of that space and some of the, 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 the this, this bigger picture stuff that I see the direction that they're kind of going in. So might give you some hints of, of what might be coming along the way. So there's in our, our package has been, uh, in the same label and the same carrier for since 2009. And, uh, we basically have felt for the past year or so, that that needs to be refreshed. I mean, all all brands do it. Great Lakes has recently done it. Um, you know, a, a, a lot of products go along those lines of right. evol- Rivertown, evolution. Uh, recently, sure. Yeah. You know, you don't want to lose your identity, but at the same time, uh, we took a pretty big change approach um, while still trying to hold on to the fact that there is something unique about Mount Carmel, and that's our story. Um, there's not too many people that start these businesses in the basement of their home in a soup kettle. It just doesn't happen that way. Um, you know, we wanted the house on, on the, on the carrier. We wanted it on the label. We didn't, we didn't want it to look like the Amityville whorehouse, but (laughs) we wanted it on the label. So, um, that was an element we had to, uh, to keep around. We, we wanted, um, less Americana. We wanted more uh, uh, vibrant colors. Uh, we wanted more style awareness, which is kind of unique in the in the in the landscape of beers. If you go down a beer set, you're going to see a lot of brand names, and then you're going to have to look for what style that is. They may designate their brands with artwork. We we designate it with the s- style name. That's a predominant 
factor in the the appearance of of the label and the carrier and um but that's who we are we've never really been big on fanciful names we we just kind of make true beer and 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 it is what it is we've been told in the past you got to name it you got to come up with this or that i've had other you know breweries tell me you know that i gotta admit they buy it because of the name and then they realize they like it and then they keep buying it and maybe we lose something there but um you know we've been down that road we've we've uh we've fought the trademark attorneys we've you know we got to three attorneys on retainer i decided no more fighting trademarks you know i'm done with that you know there's four thousand breweries and i don't know how many styles and 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 now you got the 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 regional breweries suing each other and the regional breweries suing little guys and and we've been down that road and it's not worth it well and then and then you know when you when when you're trying to differentiate yourself to a certain extent and every everybody else has this wild name thing or that wild name thing or or the or the bathroom joke thing or the this thing or that thing how ref- it's almost refreshing to see something referred to as imperial IPA right, so just be able it's to go in it's it's springtime ale winter ale you know, autumn, autumn harvest ale or whatever, you know, I mean, it's, and you're referring to the snapshot series, which, um, we're going to start changing those out. Um, and what we've done with those is unique because we've taken the idea of imagery being the brand, not the name. Right. Right. And, and that's been hugely successful. The bearded man on the Imperial. The, you got uh, the, it. So the, the diner uh, right. logo on the uh, coffee brown and Which so Which is one of my favorite local. So there's logos. there's less chance of trademark infringement and because it's hand drawn um, to you know combat or run into because the way trademark works, you know you have local rights, but then let's say your brand is successful and you expand beyond. Um, you you may not because someone may already own it in that other state. So it it's a it, it's a slippery slope. Listen, we're going to uh, be back with more uh, from Mike Dewey from uh, Mount Carmel Brewing Company in Mount Carmel, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. And then what's gone absolutely off the hook is the is the bottle series the trunk series and then the uh the funk the, the funk, funk series, series. yeah when when can we can we, when can we <laughs> see some of that we've just been teasing that for the last like, year that's a joke that's a big inside joke around here right oh all those people are waiting for the funk series oh. we were actually joking joking about that the other day you said you know what if we actually just never released a funk series beer and the labels kept coming out then it just becomes this legend like oh man have you, did you see the latest funk and then you float it floated like yeah. you know gnome says oh yeah they gave me a little bit last I week. would totally bite really on amazing. that if you guys started putting labels there that I would... This is Brandon Hughes from Nine Giant Brewing in Pea Ridge, and you're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. 
Uh, in uh, about uh, three weeks' time from tonight, on the 22nd of February, we'd like to uh, welcome. We're going to be welcoming welcoming Stephen Hampton, the executive director of the Over the Rhine Brewery District, and he's going to be talking about Bachfest oh, that's coming up. God on bless Bachfest. Yeah, uh, coming up on the uh, what is it? The second and third of March is that the third, is, uh, third and fourth? Fourth and fifth, something uh, like that. Uh, that. That weekend. That weekend, uh, and uh, he's going to join us, and uh, we're going to be drinking some Bach beers and talking about Bachfest and the OTR Brewery District. Uh, they're doing a lot of great work down there in Over the Rhine, uh, along with uh, 3CDC and a lot of other uh, community leaders to uh, revitalize Over the Rhine. So that's Stephen Hampton, uh, the 22nd of February, 8 p.m. for our Periscope live TV feed uh, right here on Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Going to wrap it up here with Mike Dewey uh, from Mount Carmel Brewing Company. Thank you for and, having me. Oh, well, I mean, we're really uh and, and we got a few more minutes got a couple of more questions uh but um now we hit you the hard stuff yeah. nice um <laughs> get him liquored um, up and <laughs> i would talks. be i would be remiss and would not be doing my due diligence as a craft beer journalist with the iowa caucus coming up tomorrow and the endorsement of you and I guess you and Kathleen, certainly Kathleen for sure, of Ohio Governor John Kasich for the presidency of the United States. Um, something that I don't mind saying I completely 100% agree with. I've said for years that I think he's pound for pound the best governor in the United States. Uh, what was, and, and it was very, I thought it was very transparent. You know, his was he was responsible for you know passing the uh, loosening of the taproom laws and so mm -hmm. forth, uh, which directly benefited Mount Carmel Brewing Company and every other craft brewer in the state of Ohio. Not to mention um, lowering the license fees yeah, by seventy five percent. So, so, um, so that had to be the main impetus of it. But uh, just tell us a little bit about, if you can, what some of the you know drive was behind that. And just well, you know. We got a chance to meet with uh, Governor Kasich, uh, Mr. Goodman. Um, you know, it's not often you get a chance to do a one-on-one -on -one with the State uh, Commerce Divisional Vicar Control and the um, head of the uh, Commerce and the governor. And they, uh, for the first time in my lifetime, and it was a unique opportunity, um, you know, we saw attention to small business and small business gets overlooked quite a bit. Um, you know, small business isn't $10 million a year. Small business is less than that. And I believe that's a job creating environment and the craft beer movement in this state has clearly been a positive move. I don't, know of anyone who will argue otherwise um and our opinion is you have to award those who do good things for your state who do good things for the economy um when they maybe, do it maybe miller Coors would argue. but you know i mean uh if, if you detract from the process altogether and you draw lines in the sand and you say you know it's all or nothing nothing gets done absolutely and 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 what what we've been able to do is communicate freely through to his office and and you know throughout this 
this past three years. Um, you know, if we have questions, if we have concerns, if we have uh, comments, you know, um, it, it's a communication we have. It's um, let's keep doing good things for Ohio and and keep steering that ship because it's it's done amazing things for for our business. Another political question, your view on House Bill 68. There was the big thing, as he was discussing, Miller Coors uh, issued a memo to the uh, legislature uh, against it um, for some somewhat understandable and then some other very nefarious, I think, reasons. Um, we happen to have um, sort of the day after... Uh, that news hit. We happened to have a few brewers. We had um, Brett Coleman Baker from uh, Urban Artifact, mm -hmm. and um, we're able to ask him what he thought of it. And he didn't think it would affect them much because that was, they, they, you know, they're not they, they don't brew big heavy. Well, they don't brew big heavy beers and mm -hmm. things like that. What, what, what's your opinion on that? And what, you know, is that something that oh, we don't brew a lot of big heavy yeah. beers either? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you, you know, there's a lot of change coming down the pipeline. Um, you know, if if we're all regulated um, in ways that uh, we have to supply uh, nutritional information about our beers or whether it's alcohol content um, or it's just distribution rights, um, the quicker the industry grows, the more attention it brings. And we've seen a lot of things over the past few years that would – normally go under the radar um and, and and that's part of being in the business you can't complain about it you, you you know it's uh it's a process um i think that uh as things evolve um regulation will will, will continue to restrict um and govern what we do um as brewers but um uh, you know i don't know if uh if there's if there's any changing a lot of these things because if it's a if it's if it's fda or if it's federal um that's gonna be a tough battle um, would you guys brew a 15 percent beer if we were allowed i would brew it for you <laughs> Gee, thanks. absolutely Love um it. but it wouldn't be uh it wouldn't be a uh a Trappist beer, that's for sure. <laughs> Fair beer, it gets tricky when you start getting into uh, the higher gravity gravity yeah, beers. Absolutely. I mean, sure. to, to do it right, it gets time-consuming. It gets tricky. Um, uh, it requires tank capacity. It requires patience. Um, but, uh, you know, the BA, the OCBA, um, has a group effort to represent Ohio breweries as one voice. And, you know... By bringing the association together and bringing us together and lobbying to uh, promote what's good for the the industry, um, I think it'll all work out well. Uh, big big drive toward localizing a lot of the um, ingredients. We've had local hops. We've had Dave Oltman on from Ohio Valley Hops. Uh, there's been a move to use. Uh, to try to use fresh hops uh there's movements about about of, of ohio 
grown barley, Ohio grown Ohio malting operations. Um, I think you guys were in the forefront with using local ingredients with uh, with the coffee brown and with the uh, maple syrup from the um, Cincinnati Nature Center. I, you can't get any more local than that. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, a that's a big trend, and b is that something that you're hoping to even you know continue and even expand uh, Mount Carmel? I would like to, but we're 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 still brewing. 99% of our beers, the flagship brands, were contracted three years out on our hops. Um, you know, pelletized hops are a must for us at this time. Uh, if if local hops became, uh, I guess, uh, if, if once they grow a foundation, if, if they can do that, um, we probably over-purchase by about 5% every year, uh, I wouldn't have the ability. It would be like putting the trust of our core brands and our business in the hands of a first-generation hop grower um, to supply the hops that we count on because if we don't, if we don't contract them, we may not have them. Right. And, and that's kind of scary for, for a supplier. Um, so where we see that growth is when you know a lot of other people are doing it but when we get to the point where we can spin off a couple uh different taproom series and if we can figure out how to whole leaf the hops maybe even bag it um we're more than willing and and hopefully going to do more of that in 2016 well it sounds like an exciting year coming mm-hmm. up for you guys it's gonna be a big one uh, another 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 big celebration of your anniversary or was that just kind of a one-time thing or yeah i think uh, every decade maybe (laughs) (laughs) it's the only brewery in cincinnati that will say that (laughs) yeah and 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 probably can say that and and we'll be able to continue to say we may have some grand Um, openings here and there but we we uh we we're, we're 2016 may be the most inventive year for us so if if you had to label it as a, a word that gives you a theme for the year, is it inventive or is it growth or is it? It's uh, creative. That's that's good to hear from yeah. you guys. That's, creative. That's exciting to hear mm-hmm. because, again, if 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 anything and everything that you have done. Um, uh, that you've brought us tonight and that you've done in the last few months, uh, all stacks up perfectly with what you've been doing over the last 11 years, going on 11 years. So, um, so that's very exciting. Uh, we have some questions and so we would like to hit Mike Dewey with asked and answered. No, it's all right. It's a logical question. No, that's out of the question. Pretty random question. That's a good question, Harry. Gentlemen, question mark. Gentlemen, question mark. <laughs> okay, may I ask you a question, Doctor? And, and I don't mean to be insensitive. Can I raise a practical question at this point? Yeah. No question. There has been a breakdown in military discipline aboard this vessel. Well, That's a good question. Well, I guess I, was, yeah. I wasn't really prepared for a follow-up question. All right. <laughs> so we, we have to thank everybody on Twitter for, for putting their questions in, and we're going to try to be better about that of getting questions from you guys for whoever we have on the show um first one um wants to know about you guys bottling the hibiscus blue which um is another one of those crazy that's great questions hits. yeah no that's <laughs> um so i believe that'll happen in 2016 um 
I believe uh, what some of the beers we invent <coughs> in the tap room are inventable and produce uh, great products for tap room usage. When we take those products to a larger scale, uh, we have to resource. We have to reinvent how we develop that product, and 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 we have to make our margins at the end of the day. Um, and that's in the wholesale sector, not the on-premise. There's a big difference. So uh, we are in the process now of finalizing how we're going to duplicate that beer on a grand scale and then launch it and sell it all over Cincinnati. And, and I think that's what's fun about the tap room series too, is it gives you that ability to do some of those, some of those different things. It's a on, great on, test market. On I mean, a, it's on a middle scale, you know, it's not a, yep. as big of a, it's not coffee Brown, but, but we said uh, that with the, the coffee Brown started in a cask. Right. And then it went to, uh, you know, keg and then a couple kegs and then a seven barrel bright tank and then half of a 30 and then a full 30 and then you know now we're brewing a full 30 all the time and uh it's probably one of our hottest products in the marketplace it's still so unique it's it's like a robust it's like as if you walk into a roastery (coughs) when you when you open pour and consume that beer and it's uh, it's been widely successful, but we, we want to take the tap room as a as a testing ground and grow organically from there. Those brands that do really well, and that's one of them. Um, so, speaking of brands, um, this is a little more of a personal question of um, of your favorite Oldenburg recipes. What was your favorite one? Uh, the pious pale ale. And is there any chance you'll try to duplicate it? Uh, um, possibly, possibly, um, we saw that with, um, with Mad Tree and and Main Street getting, um, getting that recipe duplication and just that, that little bit of a, a callback to what was Cincinnati before we know, you know, with, with Oldenburg, it's, it's a big part of what got you into doing what you're doing. It is why I do what I do. I mean, it was my inspiration for sure. Um, I uh, I was not only their best customer um, in my college years, but uh, you know having a key to the cooler didn't hurt. Um, <laughs> I didn't know any of this, so that's a hell of a question you just asked there. Yeah, uh, I had the the uh, 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 what was it, the C, uh, CVC uh, the the roadside service uh, guys picked me up on seventy five on the cut in the hill one time. They stopped and. I had a broken alternator belt, and uh, they said, can I help you? I said, yeah, you can take me and these two empties to Oldenburg. They close at 5 o'clock. <laughs> and you know what? They did. <laughs> so I got my beer. Um, but, yeah, it was a huge inspiration. The Pious Pale Ale, I think, was uh, my favorite of their arsenal. But then it's amazing what's was really way ahead of its time, not only Oldenburg, but Barrel House as well. Yeah. Both, both way ahead of their time. They would be... They would be they would be some of the grand old oh, I, they would be the grand old men of Cincinnati craft beer. Oldenburg now, could have so. been what Great Lakes became, in in a lot of ways. I mean, Oldenburg what, breaks my heart. Yeah, it absolutely breaks my heart to see how close they 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 were to being part of something really really big. I mean, I just remember going through that 
that the beer hall where they had all the memorabilia, and that was just it was just yeah. unbelievable. Whatever happened to all that stuff? They did beer camp, which was highly yeah. successful actually. I th- I think that was a big draw there at the drawbridge. Um, you know that brew house was the first uh, that manufacturer had ever created. Uh, it ended up costing three million dollars, wow. which was at the time huge. But as you guys remember, it was beautifully laid out, beautifully oh, done, and and uh, fifty barrel brew I wish house. I remembered. Yeah, and it, it just uh, you know was magnificent in its own right. Um, what eventually happened is uh, uh, you know yeah, Watson Brothers was another one that uh, you know we we just missed out on you know by a matter of I think two weeks of trying to purchase that equipment. It went to Indiana. Um, uh, the uh, equipment, all the equipment at uh, Oldenburg, uh, after it changed hands a couple times, uh, they ended up, uh, because the lease wasn't uh, uh, including the equipment, the last owners of the company actually had to remove the equipment. The cost of doing that when it's set into the building, removing walls and windows to do it was very expensive. So they ended up trading Basically, the cost of getting it out, they gave it all to Jose Movers, and uh, it sat in a warehouse for a few years. and And sure enough, at another milestone in Mount Carmel's history, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to track that down. And I ca- called someone I knew at Jose, and I said, you know, I'm, if it's still around, I would purchase some of that equipment. And and uh, they had they had just turned it into scrap that year. Oh, <sighs> you're kidding me! Yeah. Wow. Wow. Pennies on the dollar for yeah. three million dollars. Yeah. Well, right. storage wow. and everything. Oh, just the, yeah, just the 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 you talk about the memorabilia. You know, that's that's a piece of Cincinnati's history. That yeah. you know, just you know, it's a you know, a lot of people might think of it as a stupid piece of history. You know, it's not something that's flashy and neat, but that's well, the brand, you know, the memorabilia, and the truck, which you guys remember. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, we had the truck our, was awesome. We had it at Kathleen and I's wedding reception. Right. Um, it went to uh, a new startup just outside of Dayton, just north of Dayton. And that lasted uh, Miami Trails Brewing, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after a couple of years, it, it dissolved. So I don't know where that stuff is. Wow. That's, wow. That, that's, that's heartbreaking. My grant underneath our 30-barrel lauder is a Oldenburg keg, which we welded some tri-clamp fittings to. So I, awesome. I have my piece <laughs> there you go. of Oldenburg history that we brew on every Man, day. That's incredible. And, 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 uh, yeah, I just, they had great, they had a great restaurant, great food and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. They brewed some contract beers, uh, hugs hops, you know, when, when hugs had his place and that was a mix between their nut brown, their pious pale ale. That was a great blend. Um, and, uh, yeah, they had concert venues over there. It was, uh, just another part of history. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If it opened today, it would be wildly successful. Yeah, absolutely. So shifting gears to something else. Um, craft beer is all about adjuncts, coffee, fruit, and spice in barrels. What does a zombie apocalypse recipe look like? <laughs> um, you know, that's one of the things. Should have let you prep for this one. Well, <laughs> that's one of the things we're caught up in now because uh, there's zombies at Mount Carmel. Well, we, we you know, it's an old <laughs> well, house. Well, ch- check check a Friday night at about you know. Yeah, it, it's an old house. I imagine those woods can get a little spooky. Yeah, the uh, the fact is um, we're trying to turn everything we do creative in the tap room to an all-natural approach for mass distribution. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, you know, I think the most creative stuff is, is, is 
the kind of beer that's produced out of our control and and that's usually coming out of a barrel um we've done uh we've taken some Quaff brothers uh brands we've done you know belgian triples we've added you know 100 pounds of dry figs we've we've stuck that in a barrel um you know uh I think Roger would be a better person to answer that question because <laughs> <laughs> he's going to be churning. <laughs> either either way, if there is a zombie apocalypse, make sure there is a brewer in your crew. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> what what's what's the next big thing? Do you have a do you have any sense of? I mean, people have tried to push forward the gozas and yeah, the no, sours I, and the wilds. I, still, and the IPA. I think. It's, I mean, is IPA still king? Yeah, as far as you know, our data that we have from 2014 finished year ipa is king seasonals are next um that's part of what's crowding the shelf space and keeping people to reinvent what they're what they're marketing um our seasonals do best and uh um but you know what our amber is still number one it's 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 just we brew more amber than anything else. And that kind of surprises me because you would think that by now people would have moved away from, you know, because amber and the browns and things <laughs> are sort of the original kind of styles. Um, but that, I guess, just goes to show how good of a product you guys have that people are still drinking it even though, um, you know, they're not necessarily following the trends by sticking with the amber. Uh, well, well and you, there's, there's... You talk about original styles and there's still... There's still so many new drinkers, and I hate you know throwing amber in that camp of being you know the gateway beer or whatever it is. But um, uh, you know there's still so many people that kind of aren't necessarily ready for the the imperial IPA or you know you know it's you know it's 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 a good solid easy drinking beer. Well, and there's nothing that beats the comfort. Uh, of an old friend, you know, that you can sit down, yeah. you sit down with your old friend and have a conversation. It's like you, know, you you can go across the wide world, and when you come back with your best best friend, you know, uh, it still it, feels it's like home, home, and it still feels like home. And so that's probably too. What a lot. I mean, that I know that was the first beer that of yours that I had. And, it was and, copper and then. You can't, yeah, yeah, it was copper then, and and and. You still can't go wrong with it. You I know, mean, there's you just a can't go wrong. A, you can't go wrong with it. There's a great story behind the copper name too. Um, Please, we had named it copper. It went in to a growler, had a name. Um, in 2007, most brewers didn't experience this, but they may have on the home brewing side. Uh, we experienced a major hop shortage in a matter of 24 hours. Uh, where we used to order hops every two weeks out of contract. We had to basically choose what hops we were going to use. The market, it was like a stock market. It crashed. And in 12 to 24 hours, hops were being sold as quickly as people could buy them. And literally, they, they, they said, this is what we have. Our supplier said, this is what we have. Don't expect us to have it tomorrow. So uh, we bought all we could buy. We bought probably about a year's worth of hops and none of the hop varieties or anything we'd ever brewed with so we had to reinvent everything we did is either quit brewing beer and or or just make substitutions so there was one point where six of our beers which is pretty much our entire portfolio was brewed with one hop style that's all we had um so we 
kind of went into shock and realized, wow, we, we better get out of the naming business because we could always brew an amber ale, but it's hard to brew a copper ale if you don't have the exact recipe correct. Right, right. So that, that was the scare, but then we kind of learned something from that and decided that uh, being genuine to the style and, and not the fanciful name was our, our direction. Excellent. Well, 11 years sh- shows that um, you have done very little wrong uh, in the beer business, in the taproom business, uh, and and again, I, I just think... Uh, Except I, the it, parking, it, right? Well, <laughs> <laughs> we got that way wrong. Hey, we, we, we can walk well, to the brewery, so it just, it's no but, skin off our head. But you know Boy, what? We get that you know wrong. what? When you guys opened, but, there was no way you could foresee that. There's places that are opening up today okay, that let, don't let, have enough parking. Let me parking, explain how we so. opened. We opened... It wasn't until a year and a half ago we were even open past 4 p.m. Right. Okay? We were open during the day because Lisa could do the bookkeeping and pour a pint if someone came in. We thought Saturdays, we always did the tours on Saturday. We would just be a tasting bar. The problem was people like this. <laughs> <laughs> they, He's pointing at the rest of the Cincy they came staff. And they wouldn't leave. So... <laughs> Well, we can't get here after work, and you guys close at, you know, we're open an extra hour on Friday at right. 5 o'clock, and we got a lot of flack for that. We're like, okay, we'll, like, do, oh, we're we'll do a we're happy hour. We're walking at 4.45, yeah. and we're so not leaving. That didn't work out too well. Um, and a lot of community support and feedback uh, is what evolved into what we have now, and, and, and it was like, wow, these it became a community right. space. And um, like-minded people with a... A uh, a uh, a common, you know, allure to common goal, common craft interest, beer, common, common it, love. Yeah, it just yeah. you know brought a lot of people together, and by popular demand, we we extended the hours and evolved into the tap room. But um, yeah, it's hugely successful. I mean, it's shocking to see. What? And I know I speak for this family, but even now, some of our dearest friends are the people that we met, met at yeah. Mount Carmel Brewery. That's, that's what we see. Yeah. Two plus years ago. So. Yep. And that means a lot. Yeah. Thank you for giving us. Nah, our thanks. You, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for helping us invent it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it, it, and and just as a last word on that, it's great to be in on the ground floor of anything. So, you know, when, when you're in there and you're kind of feeling this, it, feeling this thing and you're feeling it grow and you get in, it's really, so it's, it's hard to be, be in the first or the last of anything. And it just, it was so cool to kind of be part of that, you know, whole organic sort of, of growth that, 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 you know, you guys experienced at that time and, 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 you know, still to pop in there and see the people that we see and, 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 and then and your beer tender, are, you know, yeah. You, you yeah. See, seeing the beer tender yeah. that you used to see. And it's a- a- absolutely, it, yeah. It, so. it, it, it's part of the, the, uh, right. the environment. It's part of the ambiance. Nothing but continued success. Thank you so much yeah. for Thank being you all. with Thank us. Thank you all very much for having and, me. And, uh, you know, it's, it's been a wonderful Periscope conversation. Are they? Yeah. Well, it's, well, it was emotional. Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm it should be, uh, you know, uh, Mike, I think is uh, Cincinnati craft beer royalty. There's no question about it. Uh, again, so great to be with the originator of Mount Carmel Brewing Company. And uh, thanks for being with us. And, and hopefully we'll get you back again sometime real soon. And we can talk about, uh, talk about all summer of, festivals, all of the cool stuff that's going to, that's happening for you guys in 2016. 
Excellent. Thank you. That's our program for this evening. Again, you can pick it up. Uh, those of you listening on Periscope uh, can uh, pick up the uh, podcast uh, on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Speaker, iTunes, Google Play tomorrow around noon, 1 o'clock or so. depends on what time I get up. Can I do a couple uh, um, quick plugs for, for my business? Yeah. Um, February 10th is Valentine's Day speed dating at the Overlook Lodge. Wow. We need single men. So far, only women have signed up. So, if you are listening, single men. Only women have signed up. Only women have signed Honey. up. What kind of speed dating if only women have signed up? So, it's not heteronormative either. So, if you are gay, bisexual, transsexual, transgendered, whatever, come on out, guys. Um, we No, we need, we need people to come, <laughs> to come speed date. So, that is uh, February 10th at Overlook Lodge. Uh, that's a Wednesday. It starts at 7 p.m. So, if you're a single man, you're in business. If you're a single man, there's, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. So, please, um, you can find all the... And the, the prize on that is really... The prize on that, we actually are going to pick one lucky the couple. The prize is a room full of single chicks. <laughs> We're going to pick one lucky couple that met at our speed dating event and send them on an all-expenses-paid Valentine's Day date. Um, including... It involves chauffeur service, fully paid-for dinner, um, some, some salon little... Uh, you know, get spiced up at the salon next door before the date. Um, So that's going to be really awesome. Um, And then uh, we're going to have an Oscars party. We're going to have a live Pleasant Ridge show on March 14th. Um, We're in business for that. Mardi Gras next Sunday or next Saturday, the 6th of February. It's there's a lot of cool stuff. And also tomorrow night, Disney movie trivia, Disney movie trivia. The following week on the 9th, we are going to have a romance film movie trivia. So there's a lot of cool stuff. You guys aren't following us. Um, We have 42 Cans I think of you just beer. scared the guys away right there. <laughs> no, we have we have and the room full of women is now bigger. Romance <laughs> movie <laughs> trivia. We have we have forty two cans of beer and six taps. So uh, if hey, you, you got them back, yeah. If you if you like beer, please come. We're not just a cocktail bar and uh, killer cocktails. Lots of cool stuff going on. I guess that's it for me. Tina Cisneros. Tina Cisneros, Overlook Lodge. Gnarly Gnome. The Gnarly and my name is Angie Cisneros, so we're at uh, Oakley Pub and Grill. Yeah. Where's yeah. my Where's my closing? There it is. <laughs> Lord. Hey, man. <laughs> All falls apart. Once again, thanks to Mike Dewey of Mount Carmel Brewing Company in Mount Carmel, Ohio. My name is Mike Cisneros. You have been listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft.